0: When we went in there and set those tables up, I sat down and I thought, you know, first of all, I feel like a complete idiot, you know, just sitting here (laughs) in this dive bar with this table and these microphones, this headset on. Second, I was worried that people would come and sit down and they would just tell these benign stories about, oh, I met my girlfriend here or all of my friends are here you know i i wanted people to tell the stories that we actually tell each other when we're sitting there in the bar not being recorded
1: podcast junkies episode 181 i am in the land down under aka australia more specifically the gold coast and uh, just spent a nice week over in brisbane hosting or hosted by Ronsley Boz and his We Are Podcast Conference. made um, a lot of new friends there. I got to speak again about how I went from a podcast uh, creator to owner of my own podcasting agency. It's the first time I gave that talk. So that was really exciting and got to see some fellow podcasters as well. Uh, Jordan Harbinger is there, uh, Pat Flynn, uh, and some previous guests on Podcast Junkies, Natalie Champa-Jennings, uh, Jules Hannaford, Travis Chappell, and Dave Jackson. How can I miss? How can I forget Dave Jackson? So we're on a little bit of a retreat here for the speakers, which is a great experience to connect Deep in those relationships. So I'm truly appreciative for that. So I'll be here for another week or so. In case you missed last episode, it was with the one and only Amy Porterfield and it's gotten rave reviews. And I truly appreciate uh, Amy coming on and being vulnerable and sharing some stuff at the end of the show that she hadn't talked about previously. So if you haven't heard that episode, run on over, stop what you're doing, cause I'm about to ruin. Yes, I said that. Uh, <laughs> let's see who can get that reference. Amy's episode 180. So this week, we speak to someone who reached out to me cold. This is really rare that, you know, a cold outreach will result in a podcast episode or a podcast junkies episode. But Kevin Halbrook, um, one of the co-hosts of uh, Thick Smoke and Loud Music, told, told me about the program, the podcast they were looking to put together, or they had started putting together. They had heard their local bar, Egan's, was closing, and they realized that they didn't want their the stories of the people um, from that location to be lost. And it's it's so in line of my mission. If if you guys haven't heard about it recently, I talk about it a lot, this idea of helping people find their voice. Apologies for the hammering, which is going on, um, somewhere in this building, uh, in case that's coming through. So they set a table uh, at the bar and record the stories, and it's some amazing stories. They've got a really eclectic group of regulars that came in, um, and so you'll you'll hear them talk about that. We'll talk about how uh, Jamie actually found Egan's, how the pair went about recording in Egan's, and how they chose which stories to publish. We talk a little bit about the reactions from the the bar goer, the the bar bar goers or bar attendees or bar patrons <laughs> and uh, some other shows that Kevin listens to and uh, even a little bit about what happened once the new owner took over. So it was a really fascinating story um, and its I think it was surprising for them that they were able to tell it and I've listened to a couple of episodes. It's really, really uh, interesting and engaging when you get to tell people's stories and it's something that I'm really passionate about. So as always, full show notes are available at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 181. This episode is brought to you by Squadcast. Squadcast is the premier solution for recording quality podcast interviews remotely. Typically, there's been other options for recording remotely. You can install software, but what happens is that you're at the mercy of your internet connection. And what happens with Squadcast is that they record what's known in radio as a double ender. So you get two quality WAV files recorded individually at each person's location and then they get magically uploaded to the host and then you end up with a WAV file that sounds pristine and clear. So check them out, squadcast.fm, the URL, and use promo code Podcast Junkies to let them know that you came from me and they heard them through the show, but I've had a lot of listeners now sign up and they've been pleasantly surprised by the quality of the show. I'm really passionate and I'm formally advising the team. So it's really exciting for me to promote them because they're doing great things. As always, remember to, to hang around to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. But for now, enjoy my conversation with Kevin and Jamie. Jamie Ryan and Kevin Halbrook, host of Thick Smoke and Loud Music. Thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies.
0: Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.
1: So I was—we uh, were talking in the in the green room, so to speak—about uh, how we connected, and so I, I thought I, it best to pause you so you could start to tell that story. And so, for the benefit of the listener, you you guys reached out cold on the Podcast Junkies website, and this is—I know I'm opening myself up now by saying this <laughs> on the air, but I think uh, it just happened to be a right place, right time, and uh, you seemed definitely sincere, and I was happy. Um, enough to listen to the episodes and realize that this is something that you are taking seriously. You are taking seriously, so uh, you were starting to to tell me the story of what uh, inspired you to to send that note out.
0: yeah, we had done we had finished this up. We actually well what the what the uh, podcast is is we spent four days talking to the regulars in this Alabama dive bar in the week before that dive bar closed down. And we made three episodes out of that, and we uploaded them, and it was essentially just going to be something just for. This is a bar that we went to a lot. It was going to be something basically just kind of like a audible scrapbook for us and the other people there. But we came away with something that I think was pretty good. Uh, A friend of mine that I work with has a friend who had at one point worked, I believe, with uh, Alabama Public Radio or something like that. And she had listened to it and said it was really good. And then my coworker told me, he was like, hey, you should send that to somebody. And I was like, it had not even occurred to me to do that. So uh, I got online and uh, I got in touch with you. I believe I dropped an F-bomb in the email (laughs) and uh, you got back with me that day and I was really surprised that you did, but I'm glad.
1: So, I mean, you obviously submitted it as a podcast, so you intended it to be heard um, by a wider audience. And so you could create a journal and, and obviously if it's important for something. If you are documenting something like that, I would think you'd, you'd want it to be heard by people, right?
0: I think mostly I, whenever I do something like that, something creative, I always hope that people will pay attention to it, but I don't expect that anybody was going to, but, you know, I, I wanted to put it out there so that it could get, you know, disseminated around on iTunes and things. Um, and then, you know, hope maybe somebody picked it up and listened to it. But if not, all the people at this bar, uh, at this little dive bar that closed down, they all got to listen to it, um, and that's something that that I think we can keep and that that we'll be glad that
1: we had years down the line. So, whose uh, Jamie? Whose original idea was this to start to actually record this?
2: <laughs> it was my idea to record it, okay. and then I told Kevin about it, and then he had a couple more drinks, and then he forgot that I told him, and he had the idea <laughs> two days later.
1: What, what had you guys been listening to at the time that inspired you to, to kind of put something like this together?
2: Well, we had already been working on our, our own podcast, a separate podcast. This is sort of like a little side project.
0: Yeah, we, we had done about three episodes of this podcast um, that we're continuing to do called Where is the Line? Where it's uh, really the criteria for our stories is it has to be a true story and it has to be strange and disturbing. We had kind of figured out how to do the podcasting thing, and we'd gotten three episodes into that. And then uh, Jamie sends me a text message and says, Egan's is closing down. (laughs) So we decided, you know, we have all this recording gear and things. Uh, The people there tell some incredible stories. So we decided that we would just take our recording equipment into that little dive bar, and we sat there for a week. Sometimes we sat there nine hours one day, didn't we?
2: Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was supposed to be just a couple hours after work one day, and then it turned into people waiting at bar time to tell us stories. I mean, it was we bit off more than we could chew. <laughs> way more. <laughs>
1: <Definitely>. <laughs> I'm so glad that it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's clear from the episodes that I listened to that you, you've you given this some care and some consideration and there's music and there's segments. And it, it, I get the sense that you, you have a background in this or just a passion for the medium because you've really put it in a way that actually helps to, to tell the story and to move it along. So is, is that is that a background that both of you guys have?
0: I have uh, played in a lot of both local bands um, okay. since since I was a teenager, and I'm, I'm 40 now, a little bit younger than Jamie. I, I got into recording bands years ago, and you know, it, I would just record bands for free just to kind of learn what I was doing, you know. But it, it would have to be an original band that I liked, and I really like sitting in front of uh, you know Adobe Audition or Logic or something like that, and playing with these waveforms and moving things around yeah so i I really like working with audio, so uh, that's that's really the background that I have in this.
1: And Jamie?
2: Oh, nothing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's got a good radio voice though. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I, I get uh, when Jamie was doing some of the narration um, or or inter- interviewing of of the folks in the bar, um, I, I really love I love this idea of getting like this ambient sound of the the bar. And then telling the stories that people may not know about, like I, you know, obviously it's it has a it's a bar with a rich history. And what I thought was fascinating the story about the bands and and where the bands set up and and part of the challenge that patrons have um, when they have to navigate through the bands. So I'm wondering if you could you could t- talk a little bit about that as well.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I've never seen a bar that has a setup like that. And uh, this bar Egan's has had some some good bands play there. Um, it's kind of where the Alabama Shakes got going was in Egan. Yeah. They used to play there, you know, when they were getting started, they'd play there for six or seven people, just whoever happened to be in the bar. And then they they kind of rolled up and eventually they got nominated for a Grammy. And according to Britney, the lead singer of the uh, Alabama Shakes, this was her favorite bar to play at. Hmm. They actually came back um, Grammy nominated and played a secret show, uh, you know, a quote unquote secret show. In this little <laughs> dive bar in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But even the Alabama shakes, the way this bar is set up is that um, there's no stage. It's a little shotgun style bar. Maybe you can get like 80, 90 people in there. There's only about 15 bar stools. I mean, it's it's a tiny little bar. And um, so there's no stage. So and the bathrooms are at the back of the bar. So the band sets up in front of the bathrooms. So no matter who you are, <laughs> no matter if you're the Alabama shakes, if somebody has to go to the bathroom, they have to walk through the Alabama shakes to, to get to the toilet. It, it, it's such a, you know, I played a lot of shows there and it, it was such a great place to play because you just don't get that anywhere else. You know, if, if the crowd's getting into it, people are bumping into you, you know, and you'll hear the guitar player hit a wrong note and you'll be like, oh, somebody ran into them going to the bathroom. You know, there'll be beer on the floor. It's a wild place to play in, and one of the musicians that we talked to on the podcast, uh, he, he said that you know if you try to describe it to somebody, it, it just sounds miserable. But when you're in the <laughs> middle of it,
1: it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I get the sense if this was Jamie's idea that it's a, a bar that's near and dear to her heart, and I think um, there's, there's an aspect to, to podcasting which I find interesting. It's this archival. Uh, aspect where you're capturing something a moment in time because you realize that the bar was closing and all these memories that you guys have of, of your time there, you're going you're to have the memories, but you, you know, no, if you're not capturing like, the conversations with these people, they're going to go their separate ways. They're not going to have that place to congregate. So I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about you know, why that was important to capture that because um, I'm, I'm really uh, passionate about this idea of capturing memories in time
2: you know, I'm actually a a transplant. Um, I've had family in Tuscaloosa for decades, but I didn't actually move to Tuscaloosa until about five years ago. And that was the place that I went to the most. And that's where I met most of my friends, um, that I have right now. And it's just this weird little family full of characters. And, um, there definitely is, uh, something to that, you know, where are these people going to go to congregate after this? Because when you've got a happy hour crowd of people who've been coming there for 30 years and then you've got a college town aspect. So you've got new young people coming in. It's almost like this changing of shifts throughout the day. And then there are the folks who are there for the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, you, you know, these people and It was kind of nice to not have to make plans with people. You just know if you want to go see, you know, one person, you show up around 430 on a Tuesday and that person is going to be sitting in the exact same seat they were last Tuesday. So it made it a lot easier to sort of just stumble into a social life for everyone and a support system too. I mean, these are, it's not just sitting in a bar. I mean, these are people who move a couch for you. Um, if you buy them a drink or, you know, take you to your radiation appointments, if you need a ride, I mean, it's definitely a weird little family.
1: Well, I think everyone like, uh, I mean, I'm 47. So I grew up on Cheers. Right. And so people see that. And it's like, is that a real thing? Like people go into the bar and everyone knows your name and, and like they know your drink and they have it ready for you when you walk in. And I think people forget that there are bars like that. And if you live long enough in a place. Um, and you do frequent a bar, like, you know, like, like Jamie said, like, I think there's this almost feeling of like an old sweater, like when you go in and it's just, you have your stool and you have your spot and you have your regulars. And, uh, I think there's something comforting to that. And I think, uh, people forget that there's still bars like that in, in, in America. Yeah.
0: Egan's was a lot like, uh, cheers with cocaine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, the bar, uh, the actual bar top had these little plaques. Yeah inset into the bar and these were former regulars who had passed away and so their little plaques oh, wow. were inserted right where they would sit yeah. at the bar
1: do, do you feel like um because you were going there five years that when you when you did start this project and you, you know I, I imagine sometimes you walk into a room with a microphone and people get a little nervous and they're like you know what, what's that for and what, what are you trying to do so uh, the fact that you were regulars helped set them at ease
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I'm a nervous person anyway, just by nature. Like I just, I just fight it all the time. (laughs) Nervous and extremely awkward person. When we went in there and set those tables up, I sat down and I thought, you know, first of all, I feel like a complete fucking idiot, you know, just sitting here (laughs) in this dive bar with this table and these microphones, this headset on. Second, I was worried that people would come and sit down and they would just tell these benign stories about oh i met my girlfriend here or all of my friends are here you know like i i wanted people to tell the stories that we actually tell each other when we're sitting there in the bar and not being Mm -hmm. recorded and so i'm worried about that and then the first person comes and sits down with us it's the first interview that we did and she says i want to tell you how i met my husband and like in my mind i'm like
3: I, well, saw that shit. I was I saw like, that this is exactly
0: what I didn't want <laughs> to happen. But then, it, then, so she says, I want to tell you how how I met my husband. And then she goes, um, we were throwing some darts and he asked me to go home with him. And we went to the back door and he said, hey, you want to come over and do some blow? <laughs> and I was like, okay, this might be all right. We've already got people talking about <laughs> cocaine. And then it kind of snowballed after that. People would sit down oh, and they'd be tell. like, you know, what kind of things do you want to hear? And and I would say, well, this other person told us about having sex on the pool table. You know, so you can really <laughs> tell us anything. And they did. I mean, some of the stories that we got were just, I cannot believe that somebody sat down. And Jamie, thank God, had the foresight to get people to sign consent form.
1: Yeah, Yes. Um,
0: and I, I cannot believe that some people sat down and told us. <laughs> what they told us you know
2: but also, I, I I think we, were, we were careful about the editing too you know there are yeah. people you're, you're there for six hours recording somebody who thinks they're going to record something at four o'clock in the afternoon and all of a sudden it's 830 and they've had mm. six gin and tonics and so we. Know, maybe we don't need to include the part where you know you were pregnant with yeah. your second child
0: oh
1: hanging <laughs> yeah, out in the there,
2: bar we're just not going to put that in there <laughs> were
1: a very small handful of things that we didn't put in Well, that's interesting because, uh, and maybe you could speak to a little bit of that because I know there's listeners that like to record got live events and are recording people. There is a bit of like a sense of responsibility that I imagine you felt when you had these people entrust you with some really, really personal stories.
2: We actually had a couple arguments about a few people where I said, no, we can't, we can't include that because even if, um, you know, that person signed a consent form. That person's also incredibly recognizable. Someone might know and that person works at, you know, X organization and that might be detrimental. So um, we, we had a couple discussions about that where yeah, Kevin it, wanted to include some really great stories. And I said, uh, I think that's probably a bad idea.
0: It, I, I have to be reined in. Jamie does a good job of that. If, if it wasn't for that, I would
1: probably have lost every friend that I have it's a it's a fine balance and it probably speaks to why it was important that both of you were there to do the interviews. Can you talk a little bit about the gear because I know some some, some uh, cause it's a show about podcasting so sometimes people always want to think about you know there's always, always asking questions in the in these podcasting forums what did you what did you record with?
0: I am very proud of my gear because I am a total cheapskate like I, I don't know why I can go to a bar and You know, like if I get there early and I'm having a good time, like I might spend $100 in a day, but (laughs) I need a microphone for my podcast, something that I'm actually productively doing. And I'm like, let me get on eBay and see what I can find. Yeah, the gear that we're using, uh, we use two uh, AKG Perception 200 condenser mics, which seemed like a really bad idea for a bar environment. Um, bring a condenser mic in there. And I thought that it was, but I wasn't going to spend the money on <laughs> on something else because that's what I already had. Uh, and it actually turned out, the sound I think is great. I think you get a good ambient background sound um, with that. But our podcast room where we record, um, <laughs> I bought, uh, I think for $25, I got some moving blankets off of Amazon to cover up the room.
2: I dug one out of the trunk of my car. Yeah. It's got yeah. cigarette burns on yeah, it. Yeah, there's
0: one that Jamie brought over. It cigarette. That's the one behind us right now. cigarette holes in it. Um, so,
1: so when you were on site, what did you record into?
0: Uh, these AKG Perception 200s. And then we also had a uh, USB condenser mic. I think it was an AT2020.
1: You were recording into a laptop or into a digital recorder? Or?
0: Uh, yeah, a MacBook. Okay. Yeah, that's that's where I learned about aggregate devices, because we record a uh, regular podcast into a focus, right? I 2 I think that's what you have. Yeah. But I needed a third microphone so that me and Jamie could each have one and then also the guests. So uh, if you have a Mac, you can have your audio interface plugged into one USB port and a USB mic plugged into another one and then create an aggregate, an aggregate device and still have all three of those things coming in on three separate tracks. This is boring.
1: <laughs> all. not this is out this out, is a podcast it. about podcasting so people people are actually gonna yeah know no, people are actually going to be- geeking out on that stuff and and everyone does it differently there is no right way to record live, and I think whatever you had in the moment, I think people love to hear these stories about piecing together stuff and there's stories that, you know, they, there's when people get started and they want to do it on the cheap. They're like, I need a pop filter to like find some pantyhose and a wire hanger and then like you make your own pop filter. So you do what you can with what you have handy.
0: I think that the absolute most important thing, if, you, if you're going to make a podcast, is to make your room dead. I think that I think that you can use, I think you can get away with, you know, these AKP, pre- these uh, perception microphones. I got one of them on eBay. Uh, so that we would have an extra one for jamie i think it was like 75 dollars or something uh, it's an old discontinued condenser mic but if you can make your room dead i think that's really important so hang up a bunch of blankets or something you know you don't have to go buy all these crazy sound dampening <laughs> things you know just hang up some blankets it'd be all right
2: yeah i think the only problem we've had was uh, trying to record during a thunderstorm yeah. yeah the blankets did not help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no God decided to strike thunder every time Jamie said something. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting, and I, I was really nervous about that. I would go into the closet. A lot of podcasters go into the closet because it's got the clothes and it's sound dampening in there. And then over time, I was just like, you know what? Um again, just this idea of and because this is a podcast about podcasting, I try not i'm I'm not perfect all the time. and you know, i'm I'm rec- I normally record into like a nice Shure s m seven b mic. But I'm traveling now, so I've got this ATR 2100 plugged into a USB port. But it's just the reality of podcasting is that we're not perfect. I'm not trying to be NPR, I'm not trying to be this American life. So, I, I think am. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if, if um, you know, it's, a, it's each his own. So, sometimes for, for, for me, it's, a, it's helpful for me because other people are listening and they're trying to learn how to podcast and they get really nervous and like, well, it's, it's perfect and mine has to be perfect. So, I, I always say perfect is the enemy of done. So um, the fact that you guys have been able to piece something together to what you had, I th- and it sounds really good, I think, is a testament to just moving forward and figuring out later as you go along.
0: Yeah, I, I spend a lot of time editing these things, a lot. I've, I feel like whenever I finish one of these that I have done the best that I can do with it, you know. And I get done and I'm proud of it. You know, I don't really give a shit if anybody else listens to it or thinks it. <laughs> sounds like garbage but when i get done with it I, I feel like i did the best that i could with it
2: you were pretty obsessive at first when you first started playing with audition oh, God. because yeah there there was one day that we were actually working in here and i mean he was just sighing and pulling on his hair and he finally got everything perfect and we had moved some clips around and then um the app crashed and, <laughs>
0: and, I, said, and I lost did
2: the- you remember to save so <laughs> the entire rest of that i was here that day was just me kind of saying save every couple of minutes while we redid the entire
1: file
0: i get obsessive
1: and frustrated <laughs> it doesn't uh there's no there's no uh incremental or auto save like option i know in able i used to use ableton live for production i think they they did have like a incremental save every few minutes
0: yeah I, I used to use uh logic and then but that was a long time ago and I got this new laptop and I didn't want to buy Logic because I already said that I'm cheap about things that I shouldn't be cheap about and frivolous with <laughs> unimportant things. But um, through my work, I, I, I get uh, Adobe um, Creative Cloud for free. So okay. I was just learning to use Audition. And uh, yeah, I, I uttered fuck word after fuck word. <laughs> learn how
3: <to> use audition.
1: <laughs> Who's got the best version of how you guys first met? I mean, it was, it, it was at
2: Egan's and, uh, I would hope so. <laughs> well, he's kind of standoffish actually. Um, he's, he sounds like he's super personable right now, but if you put him in a room with people he hasn't really talked to before, he's, uh, he can come off as kind of callous, <laughs> um, but he's funny. <laughs> this is, this is
1: heartwarming already. on. It took a few
2: times, least. I think, um, and a few mutual friends before we actually had a real conversation um i knew he was funny but you know i think that there were there was some rolling for shots involved mm-hmm. um and eventually like after a few weeks of sitting several bar-, bar stools away from each other we eventually started talking and then uh just this year he convinced me to do the other podcast by telling me no one was going to listen to it which turned out to not be the case so i'm just hoping not to lose my job every
3: day that
0: i go in yeah the other one's a little i i I do get concerned about who's going to hear the other one
2: yeah our our moms are banned from listening to it
0: well my mom listened to it anyway (laughs) and and then she called me and said i really like the one you did about egan's (laughs) (laughs) which was the other podcast
1: i don't think in this day and age you can put anything on the internet and and really hope that no one's going to find it because I think all you need is one person to find it and like it and they're going to share it and then immediately. And then before you know it, you're on an interview show talking about your podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So as she's describing the, the, uh, the the first meeting, Kevin, is is it all coming back to you now?
0: A little bit. Uh, I, I, do you remember what I put your name in my phone as when you gave me your phone number?
2: Butt hair, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Butt hair.
1: I put her name. I would ask, in his ask butt if I w- butt here. <laughs> I would ask ask if there's a story behind that. But that no, might be there's
2: no story there's whatsoever. No. I think I, I think I said that I'd never had a, a nickname before.
1: Oh, and, and I said, and I got one. Butt hair. <laughs> So why why did you dis- d- decide? Why did you say yes first, Jamie, when he when he asked you to work on the on the podcast um, on the first one?
2: I don't know. It, having something creative to do seemed like a good idea. Um, We get along really well, and actually, I think we work together pretty well for mm-hmm. this sort of thing. Um, definitely, he's the whiz when it comes to mixing and and doing all of that. But you know, I I contribute in other ways to the production. I think.
1: So I get the sense that this there's like a creative it's scratching a creative itch for you, or there's other things that you've done in the past that have been creative as well.
2: Not for a long time. Mm. I, I I work for I've worked for nonprofits for a long time, and those tend to be. Pretty demanding jobs. Um, yeah. they, they take away a lot of your time away from the office, also. So I haven't really had a, much time in the, in the last five or six years to do anything like that. Um, so it's been nice to get back to that because it, it's, it's just been so long since I've done anything along these lines.
1: Are you, are you surprised by the reaction now that some, you know, some of the episodes have been published and you obviously got several more coming up, but uh, from the folks that, that have listened to it, you know, are, what's been the rea- reaction so far?
0: From the people who appear in it, I was really afraid that, it, and I did some, um, there were a few people who, while I was editing that, would come up to me and they'd be like, are you going to use that thing I said? And I was like, I was planning on it. Uh, and then I would, I would think about it for a little while and then I'd get in touch with them. And I'd say, you know, if, if you don't want me to use that, I won't. Uh, and then everybody said, you know, go ahead. There, there was one person who didn't want me to use their story and I did not, uh, because it was a story about someone else. But I was afraid when those came out that, that people, some people would be like, man, I wish I had not sat down and talked to them. But everybody, I have not had a single person who was involved in it who, who spoke with us. Who was at all upset? Everybody that from from
1: Egan's, at least to me, had said that they loved it, that has heard it.
2: Yeah, it's been pretty positive.
1: Yeah. What What shows were you listening? I'm just curious. What shows you were listening to that inspired you, or or where you feel like you got the idea from, or just if there's any shows that you like, you know, because when we listen as podcasters, there's, there's all these shows that we try to either emulate. But, you know, if it's if it's a show that's within a genre that that we're attracted to. So I'm wondering if that was the case for you. As
0: far as the the thick smoke and loud music, I don't think that there was really much that inspired that other than um, the people, the people. Yeah, Yeah. because I thought for a long time, my grandfather was such a good storyteller. And I've said it a lot, you know, over the years that I really wish that I had just sat down with him with just a, you know, just just some little recording device, just so I could still have that and still hear those sometimes and the. And I think about that a lot. And I think when we heard that this bar was closing down, um, I felt like I wasn't going to let that happen with these people. So we went in there and recorded those. But as far as the 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 flow of both of the of where's the line and um, thick smoke and loud music, I I listened to a lot of um, this American Life growing up. You know, uh, those those highly produced kind of things, and I try to make things sound. Um, like I know what I'm doing like <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing but I, I, I try my best to make it sound like I do um, and I listen to uh, a lot of Sword and Scale uh, oh, yeah. uh, I know that you you I listened to your interview with uh, Hernan Lopez yeah, yeah, yeah. the founder of Wondery um, I listen to that a lot um, so I, li- I like things like background music and sound beds and mm. things like that what do you listen to?
2: Well This American Life yeah. obviously
0: it' was like yeah cereal uh which yeah. by the way, we're only thirty five <laughs> minutes from Woodstock, which is where uh oh really, where yeah. uh, s
1: town took place, have you guys heard a very fatal murder no no it's 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 basically the folks from the onion, and they just lampooned. Serial and they nailed every single like <laughs> trope from that genre. um They've got like fake ads. It's it's just like it's only like it's like eight episodes. It's called The Very Fatal Murder, but they nailed everything about like you know because everyone's going crazy about Serial, 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 yeah. and it's and uh, it's really funny. So it's like an inside joke for podcasters. So uh, if you get a chance, <laughs> I, listen actually, to that.
0: I've heard of that. Uh, I haven't yeah. listened to it yet, but I need to.
1: Is there a a big podcasting community in in, in Alabama? Uh,
0: I might be the we might be the only (laughs) one. There's not a big community of anything in Alabama. (laughs) It's a pretty miserable place, to be honest.
3: Oh, (laughs) well, I think that's that's not
0: fair. There's
3: some cool people here.
0: (laughs) You know what? And that that kind of goes back to, back to the thick smoke and loud music thing. The thing about this, this uh, dive bar, we recorded these is, You know, I just said that we're 35 minutes up the road from where S-Town took place, you know, and you look at those people. um, And a lot of people, a lot of people who are not from Alabama felt like that was exploitative of that community. I don't think so at all, Mm. (laughs) because that's what it's like around here. Um, But this bar we were at, Egan's, you know, when you hear, you know, and and this is a rough looking dive bar, it's a. scary looking i mean you'll see harley davidson's outside you open the door to cigarette smoke billows out dimly lit um and and a lot of the you know the frat guys and sorority girls around here you'll see them open the door and peek in and then just leave (laughs) you know or sometimes you feel like people get dared to go in there Um, but if you go in there and talk to the people how eclectic that group of people is i mean you have Retired school teachers talking to drag queens. You have Harley bikers talking to gay guys and bisexuals. You have. We had an aerospace engineer who just passed away a few years ago. You have lawyers. I mean, you have all of these different people.
2: You sold your house there.
0: I sold, you sold
3: my paperwork to sell your.
0: That was an interesting story. Uh, I got divorced a couple of years ago, sold my house. Uh, the real estate agent that I used was a uh, Egan's regular. The person that bought my house turned out to be an Egan's regular who was using the same real estate agent. And her lender, when she went to get a loan for the house, was an Egan's regular. <laughs> yeah, she tells that story, I think, on the second episode of the podcast. Uh-huh. And uh, also, my my ex wife is on the podcast as well. So there there's all these connections and all these just incredibly different people. Um, one of my favorite stories that that we recorded was, uh, you know, I told I told you there's a retired school teacher there and also a drag queen. The drag queen uh, got hit by a car one time and got her leg broken. And, and this person, I'll just say her name cliche because. She's fine. She loves it. She she loves the attention, (laughs) so she'd be happy (laughs) later. So so the drag queen's cliche. Um, She's about six foot one, fit, very in shape. Uh, She had a lot of great stories about being in Alabama. You know, somebody, if you're a man dressed up like a woman in Alabama, somebody might mess with you. Uh, Cliche. You you don't want to you don't want to do that with cliches. She'll start flicking off those fake fingernails and just beat the shit out of you, okay. which she has done.
2: <laughs> and retired military too. So I mean, oh, was, she's yeah, retired yeah, military. military. Well, <laughs> yeah. Was she
0: a marine or? What
2: it was navy.
0: That navy that. whatever it was whatever it was. You you don't want to pick a fight with that fat queen. Really. Uh, but anyway, she gets hit by a car one time, and this uh and the people in Egan's, you know, like I said, it was a family, and uh, people take care of each other. So people started taking up things uh, for cliche to help her get through this period where she couldn't go to work. Um, and so people are donating all these things. And And this retired school teacher comes in with a box of tampons <laughs> for the drag queen. And so we have this story on the podcast, but um, and so one of the bartenders, you know, says, well, you brought tampons for cliche. <laughs>
2: gone through the change already like oh is she that much older than i
0: thought oh yeah (laughs) and the school teacher was like oh is she is she menopausal now (laughs) (laughs) and then the bartender tells her you know you you know cliche is a man right (laughs) and then she goes you know all this time and nobody told me (laughs) and so and there's this great picture of Cliche holding the box of tampons. She was really proud of it. She said that that was the best compliment she had ever gotten. <laughs> <laughs> that somebody was genuinely
1: convinced that she was a woman and bought her some Did you guys take a lot of uh, photos as well while you were telling the stories?
2: We do have some photos. Um, they're they're pretty bad. Um, yeah. They're they're very grainy. Um, yeah. And then a photographer who was a regular also took some pictures while mm-hmm. we were recording. So those are much better
0: quality. Yeah. There's photos out there. Um, we've tried to keep our identities hidden though, so we haven't really talked about it.
1: So what was it like once um they converted it to to like uh, the new egans? It's um
2: it's completely different.
1: It's completely different. It's mm-hmm. it, it's
0: lost that it used to have all of these you know, pictures on the wall of regulars from like the 70s and they had been, you could look at pictures of that bar from the 70s and you would and walk in there and see the same picture hanging exactly where it was in like 1975. But now all of that's been worn out.
1: Is it? Is it a new owner?
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a kind of a sports bar now. I mean, yeah. there's a big picture of the stadium where all of these old pictures
1: of the regulars used to be. Yeah. Do you know what they did with all that stuff?
0: They sold it. They sold uh, it. Yeah. Just, uh, he had a, uh, the new owner had a sort of a garage sale. sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A fire sale. Fire sale. Yeah. Just yeah. one day he opened up the doors and had all of these, you know, what in my mind is just irreplaceable memorabilia, yeah. uh, just stacked up and selling it for like $10 pop.
1: I mean, that begs the question, like where, where are all these folks going to congregate now?
2: You do have some folks that have gone back there, just mm-hmm. because yeah,
1: they're used are. to it,
2: yeah. you know. Um, but especially with the parking situation has changed drastically around there. Um, Tuscaloosa has a penchant for putting up unnecessary high-rise condos, mm. um, so a lot of the parking is not there any longer. As mm. of you know, what a month ago, mm-hmm. um, this this new building opened up. So you have folks that have kind of moved on to other. Other bars that are in different areas of town, um, but you do s- still see some regulars there. But the crowd's definitely gotten a lot younger.
1: Hmm. A lot younger, I guess. All, all, all the frat boys and frat and, and sorority girls now open the door, and they feel more—I guess—more at home. Now. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's it's definitely more comfortable.
1: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: yeah. The 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 crowds are uh, considerably more wealthy than it used to be as well. Because this uh, this whole town is built around football really i mean our stadium the capacity of the university of alabama stadium is more than the population of the city it's literally there are not enough people in the city to fill the stadium wow. um and so you know when nick saban came here and alabama starts winning all these championships everything just starts changing and uh you know th- there's apartment buildings that seven years ago you could get an apartment for about 370 dollars a month that got torn down and replaced with luxury condos, and a two bedroom in that luxury condo goes for one point three million right now. Hmm. Typically, I don't want to make generalizations, but I, I think that I'll, oh, you love to do that. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, people say that right
1: before they're about to make one. So yeah, you know, <laughs> well, I'm about to
0: make one. Uh, I I think that most of your your creative type people, your artists, and your, your musicians, don't have a lot of money typically, and. Yeah. So all of these, these creative type people have gotten pushed out of this area where you should have a lot of art and music, which is on this strip where all of the, you know, the, the bar area is. And these people can't afford to live there anymore. So mm. it's all, um, that, that entire area is now pretty much exclusively for the children of very
1: wealthy families who are going to school here. It's interesting because, the I mean, you, you set out to re- to capture a moment in time of Egan's, um, but you're, what you're probably doing with the podcast is telling a bigger story of what's happening in the community as well.
3: Yeah, yeah
2: I think it's pretty representative.
1: I mean, for every Egan's, there's there's probably a, a handful of other establishments in the area that are, that are going through the same thing. I'm
0: sure there are. Um, I feel like Egan's was pretty singular mm-hmm. in Alabama. I mean, you know, the the diversity of the the people that get together, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have other bars that have been there for a long time, like Gillette's. But I mean, Gillette's has like a signature cocktail. It's a big game day place, yeah. um, And it's much, much larger inside, so you just got such like an incredibly big capacity in comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Egan's was definitely when it wasn't game day. You also still had these people that came on a regular basis to that bar.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's rare anywhere to see Republicans hanging out with gay kids and getting along, you know, and for that, for something like that to exist in Alabama, is just extraordinary.
1: I think that's what, what um, caught my eye when you were describing like the cast of characters that were in the bar. And I was just like, well, that's an interesting mix of people to all be in the same place. And so uh, I imagine there's there's definitely interesting stories and I learned it's the, it's the home of the half shot as well too.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: uh yeah the home of the half shot uh, actually it it
2: wasn't when when it reopened uh they were not serving half shots oh really yeah and then there was mass chaos so (laughs) now they are serving half shots again but the half shots that they serve now um are probably about a quarter of what a half shot used to be
1: (laughs) and i'll I'll invite the listener to listen to the episode um so they can hear the story of the half shot and the story of the um the dice game that gets played on the bar as well too
0: (laughs) Yeah, which we actually took with us when, when Egan's closed, I bought a bunch of dice off of Amazon and just started passing them out to the regulars. So any bar that we would go into, somebody would have you know, some of those dice on. So we just play the dice at whatever
1: right. bar we happen to be in. Has this um given you like um the desire to to do more work like this? To you know, or, or is this like is this like a moment in time for you guys as well? But I get the sense that you, you know you've done something pretty special here and, and I'm wondering if now that made you want to tell more stories.
2: Well I think actually um our our other podcast, I mean I can see a difference in Kevin, just the way he edits things and the things that he's interested in. Because honestly I think if he had just recorded this on his own, it probably just would have been cocaine and vomit and tears. Um but I think my input kind of tempered that a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> we've got some other stories. Um but yeah our latest episode of Where is the line is actually I think probably um your most heartfelt contribution to
0: um, that yeah I, I think I learned a lot about interviewing from from doing this uh, this dive bar thing because like I said we interviewed 42 people over the course of that and um I was listening to your to your podcast with Ben Adair a couple of days yeah. ago and man I wish I'd heard that before <laughs> because <laughs> I, I really liked hearing that guy talk about about um interviewing you know methods yeah, and just... things and so you know, when you sit down time. with somebody, don't just say, hey, talk into the microphone so I can get a level, you know, actually ask them things, which I was inadvertently doing when we were recording these people at the park, because I knew a lot of these people. So they would sit down and they would I'd just start talking to them and, you know, fiddle with the level and actually hearing what I actually did during these interviews um, was incredibly humbling because... <laughs> You know, I said we have been there for like nine hours and I'm not going to sit in a bar for nine hours and not get shit faced. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and so later on in the interview, so it starts off fine. You know, we're talking yeah. to people and by, you know, hour five or six, I'm interrupting people's stories. <laughs> I just start talking about things. And you I know. was actually
2: because of this, I was trying to stay sober for the first okay. couple of hours that's, so, that's <laughs> smart. so smart. that I could see let these people talk during
0: the interview. In my mind, (laughs) though, in my mind, I was totally Anderson Coopering this up, you know. I was like, I'm doing so good, I'm keeping these people talking, and then I listened to it later, and I'm like, you are a drunken fucking asshole. Like, you went in there with this microphone to hear these people talk. So, I essentially just caused myself a whole lot of editing. We still got the story. But uh, I had to spend of the Maybe 160 hours I spent working on this, probably 20 of it was just getting my drunken rants out of it <laughs> while, preserving the other people, while preserving the other end of this conversation.
1: Well, there's something to be said for having that many interviews and then just learning what to do and what not to do along the way. So the fact that you had that many, um, to Jamie's point, has definitely colored what you now do on Where's the Line? So I got a couple of questions I ask normally as uh, I wrap up the interview, and you can choose to do one each or both answer them. So I'll I'll let you pick. Uh, The first one is, what's something you've changed your mind about recently?
0: I feel like the phrase, I'm wrong, is probably, or I was wrong, is the phrase that I utter more than any other phrase, probably.
2: You're wrong most of the time.
0: Well, (laughs) you know.
2: But no, you admit that, though. I do admit it,
0: and then I I, I change, you know. (laughs) I changed my behavior or whatever it is that I'm doing wrong.
1: What's something recently that comes to mind?
2: Oh well, I can think of something.
0: Okay. <laughs> Great. Go ahead. Okay.
2: Um he, he swore he was never going back to go, going back to Egan's when uh. It
3: opened.
2: <laughs> uh the night of my birthday, I was treated to an actual like honest to God, almost bar fight between him <laughs> and the new owner. I mean, like what's the You know, the barstool noises. (laughs) Yeah, They went outside and they they did a lot of answering and yelling and absolutely nothing (laughs) happened. But you know what? Opening night, I sent him a text message and he still came back in. So Mm.
0: the the, the thing about that was is during the summer, the bar closes down and everybody has their time to get over it. But while everybody's getting over it, I'm sitting here listening to these stories of people saying, Mm. you know, my friend saying, I really hope the bar doesn't change very much. I hope they keep this and keep that and keep this. So I was kind of stuck in a time loop in that last week, just listening to these stories over and over. So I was still incredibly impassioned about this when everybody else had gotten over it. And I see the new bar owner out one night and, uh, mm. he and him got into it. <laughs> and uh, we were both really drunk. And he's oh, no. about six foot six and... <laughs> Pretty big guy. Yeah, he's a huge guy, and uh, we were both really drunk, and he just starts yelling at me, and I was like, you know, you keep yelling at me, we're gonna have to take this outside, and he goes, okay, (laughs) and so then I stood up, and like as soon as he said okay and stood up, like you know, the the little synapses in my brain started firing, you know, and I was like, what did you just do? But now you got to go through with it because you said it. So I went outside and we screamed at each other and then came back in and it, it wasn't was,
1: like a it wasn't like a scene from Roadhouse. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no. I don't know what it would have been a scene from some scene where two people totally unaccustomed to fisticuffs get into it. Was <laughs> yeah. what that was like. I think
2: there would have been a lot of hand slapping.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hand slapping and girly <laughs> screaming.
1: <laughs> no one that gets into a real fight uses the word fisticuffs anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the second question is uh what's the most misunderstood thing about you
2: people think that kevin is is really standoffish and just because i think he's not very comfortable talking to people but it turns out he actually has a heart and uh, i think some people have actually become convinced of that recently because of this um so that's kind of a positive
0: <laughs> so the, the, the thing that people misunderstand about me is that they don't believe that I actually have a heart. You you have
2: feelings and you you, you actually have feelings.
0: That's, you know, that's true. (laughs) I I have dated two people who did not know each other who described me as emotionally bankrupt.
2: Yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then I told someone else about it and they said, are you sure that they didn't mean morally bankrupt? (laughs) (laughs) That's not really the response I was looking for with that. So, um, so Kevin,
1: you get to return the favor. What's the most misunderstood thing about Jamie?
0: Um I
1: sh- <sighs> you're gonna get mad at me.
0: No, I'm not
3: record Wait until
2: after. <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> not on air. I, I think that people well now Jamie's very personable, so you know, as soon as you start talking to her, you realize this is not true, but Jamie does have RBF. What? resting bitch <laughs> face
3: oh no That's
0: right so, yeah when you look at when you look at jamie you're like she's just she looks angry and unapproachable but then you start talking to her she's completely fine
2: i'm just concentrating
0: you're just, yeah you look like you're <laughs> concentrating about something that makes you very
1: angry <laughs> uh, i appreciate you guys taking the time to come on i was excited to, to have this conversation i know you were a bit anxious and nervous about <laughs> talking about it and especially having, but I think there's a reason you sent that email out. Um, and I'm, I'm excited about all the different ways podcasters were telling stories that uh, would otherwise go untold. And so I, I applaud you both for, for taking the initiative to tell this. And I think, I think it's an important story. I think people are going to get a lot out of this interview and I think I encourage them to listen to the show as well.
0: All right. Thank you. I, I'm so glad that you actually spoke with us. It was really fun.
2: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
1: And so what's the best place for folks to listen to the podcast, to track you down? If you guys are online, feel free to share uh, any of your your socials as well.
0: Um, You can uh, check out our website. It's whereistheline.net. And there is, if you want to listen to our other podcast, the ultra disturbing one that has things to do with reality deaths and uh, people cutting their own heads off of chainsaws. You can listen to that one or you can click on, there's a link at the top for Thick Smoke and Loud Music. So if you want to hear the one where we interviewed the people in the Alabama Dive Bar, you can click there and listen to that. You can search. They're both on uh, iTunes and on most of the major podcasting apps. So Thick Smoke and Loud Music is the one with the bars. And Where is the Line is the one, the disturbing one.
3: <laughs> uh, you can just Search
0: for, search for either one of those.
1: And if they want to anyway, if they want to get in touch with you guys, is there a contact form there or you guys aren't active on any social?
0: Uh, Yeah, there's a there's a contact page on our website and um, we have a Facebook page for Where's the Line? So you can get in touch with us there, too.
1: Well, Kevin, Jamie, thank you again for taking the time. I really appreciate this conversation.
0: Thank you, Harry. Thank you.
1: So thanks again to Kevin and Jamie for coming on the show. Anytime uh, there's an opportunity to tell stories of people who are helping other folks get their stories told, um, it's just something that lights me up. And it's probably why it resonated with me when they reached out and why I was so eager to tell their story. So it's something you should be thinking about as well. Everyone has a story to tell if you ask the right questions. And it's the premise for this show. And I specifically focus on podcasters. But um, it's something that I'm truly passionate about. Don't forget to take a look at the new event we have coming up, Clarion Conference at clarionconference.com. It's something that's just in the early stages. It'll be the day before PodFest in March. Um, And it's just a landing page for now, but it's something, uh, a new conference that I'll be putting on and more details to follow. You'll be hearing a lot more about that. In uh, coming episodes, intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Check out his fantastic music at cedarsoil.com. Don't forget to support our episode sponsor, Squadcast, at squadcast.fm. And tune in next week for my conversation with Mark Bologna, host of Beyond Bourbon Street, and someone who I've been friends with in the podcasting community for many years. And we finally connected at a podcast movement and finally made this conversation happen. He's a great guy. You're going to love that. So if you hung around this long, you are no doubt waiting through the smoke, the thick smoke. See what I did there <laughs> for the retention hashtag. And we're going to actually make it hashtag thick smoke and tag Kevin and Jamie at where is podcast. So that's W-H-E-R-E-I-S podcast, one word. And of course, me at podcast underscore junkies. Thank you so much for your patience in, in uh, awaiting the next episode and all you do to support the show. Tell a friend. This is the one call to action uh, to tell one new person about the show. And if you do that, uh, let me know and tag me on Twitter who you invited to the show and who your friend was. And I'll have a special gift for you on any of the socials, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter. You can email me, harry at podcastjunkies.com. Have a great week.